Good morning. I'm glad to meet with you. And I want to say a special hello to the lady from Australia. <laughs> she said, I better do this stuff on prayer or she's going to come and get me. <laughs> That's not exactly her words. It's kind, kind of uh, added on it. But I am thankful that there are, there's such a, a a need for wanting to pray. It's just, it's a blessing. Um, <clears throat> you know, the scripture is amazing. I'd like to share this with you. Uh, I am 89, I guess. I'm 89. I went to the doctor and uh, he was shocked uh, because of the enlargement of my heart and uh, he wanted me to go for treatment and all the stuff and uh, I was shocked because I didn't know my heart was big although I had a hard time putting my shirt on <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but you know um, it was letting me know that I am 89 and uh, I left there, not really down, he's, he's a believer. Um, but I left there and I went home and I opened my Bible. <clears throat> you know, I don't say to do this, you know, and <laughs> stick your <laughs> finger down. But I opened my Bible and I looked down at a verse. And it was Psalms 138, verse 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And that was such a blessing, you know, after kind of the doctor being kind of shocked how my heart had got bigger in a year uh, from the last x-ray and so on. So I looked at that and I thought, good, Lord, let me finish. Um, because if you don't, the lady in Australia is going to be really upset. <laughs> so I hope she's listening. Uh, <clears throat> I have a little thing in my prayer notebook. This 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 particular notebook, we just put it together for stuff on the Lord's Prayer. So um, I'll be teaching you out of it, and it's a lot more difficult to teach prayer on the web than it is in a class because you have the notes. There's interaction with the students in that, and I've had these prayer seminars all over, uh, you know, for years. But this is the first time I'm just talking to myself <laughs> and the two or three of you that are listening. Uh, <clears throat> the um, What I'd like to share was I stuck in here in the notebook. Don't pray for a smooth path. But pray for the right feet for the path God has chosen for you. I like that one. And I've looked at that a lot. It's, you open this notebook up and there it is right in your face. Um, <clears throat> as I was reading scripture, and I, I, this is how God answers prayer. This is not on the Lord's Prayer, although the Lord's Prayer covers this in a way, 
but I was reading and it was a verse that I read in Psalm 1, uh, Psalm 29, verse 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name and worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And when I read that, I was wiped out. I go, wow, how do I do that? You know, I want to do that, but how do I do that? Where do I start? I mean, those that's pretty heavy stuff in the Psalms. And I'm going, wow. And and I said, Lord, I need help. You know, I I I don't have Mark Bubeck is the fellow we worked with. Now he this would have been for him easy. <laughs> he just prayed so beautifully, but I'm more the the mechanic prayer. <laughs> Or the gardener prayer outside. Uh, and I just, I, I said, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I want to do it. And I don't want to, I want it to be real. And I want to do it. And uh, the day I prayed, the Lord heard me. And Paul showed up <clears throat> with this video from the St. Olaf Church in Norway, singing Christmas carols. Uh, there's 84 singers, and they're all under 21. And absolutely beautiful. The youngest is a five-year-old girl. It's just unbelievable. And as I was listening to that music, as uh, Paul brought it, and I was listening to that, all of a sudden, I was doing that. I was actually there singing and the beauty of it. I was able to worship the Lord exactly as I was asked. But, and I said, Lord, thank you. That's so wonderful because, uh, you know, St. Olaf, so I've never been there, although I'm Norwegian. And my grandfather and grandmother came from Norway to the United States and met each other in the United States and got married. So was I look at all these beautiful Norwegian kids when going, I wonder how many are my cousins or second cousins or relatives because I've never been to Norway. But you know, it just I I I don't have that ability to have beautiful flowery prayers. Mine are more Lord, I need this and I need that <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you, if you are that kind of person, that's wonderful, but not all of us are, uh, have that ability of almost a poetry, the prayer is just like that, and, that, and that's beautiful. Well, in my life, in travels, I've met a lot of people, and a lot of people of prayer, because we had our prayer seminars, and, you know, we, we, Long prayers, can you imagine going up to the north woods of Michigan and spending the whole week up there praying? And we had a 660-page notebook that you got uh, to help you. You're praying in classes and teaching. And so that was <clears throat> wonderful. Uh, and so the, um, the little notebooks that I have uh, for this series, it's been helpful just not taking out of that notebook and other materials I had that didn't make it in that notebook is what we're going to be praying out of here. But I want to share with you 
this man by the name of Dick Eastman. I know he's with the Lord, but I've never met a man like him as a man of prayer. And how that was his ministry. He went all over to missions and whatever and was calling people to pray and helping them to pray. And I, I had him come to a mission that I was a part of to do a week of prayer. We had probably a couple hundred people there, missionaries and staff and all. And years later, they thanked me for having him because it changed their prayer life. Uh, his call to prayer and spending a day as his guiding in prayer and so on. But I want to share with you, uh, this is the beginning. It should be the beginning of any prayer ministry or whatever. And it's steps of practical joy, practical, joyful prayer life. And he has 10 things. Now, this was difficult because I know we're on the web and I struggled. There are other lists of things I didn't, you just didn't, wouldn't go. But this is too important. And so Paul, who's our man that does the recordings, said that you could listen to this and then go back and write it down. Um, because I think you'll find this very important. It's the first page in this prayer notebook, but it's the first page in other prayer notebooks that I have. Because it's, it's so important about starting. You know, if I want to really get serious about prayer, there's some things I need to do. And that's where he got these 10 things. So I want to share them with you as we're moving into the Lord's Prayer. The first is find the best possible, possible time and place for prayer. Uh, sometimes it's not that practical. The Wesleys, uh, Charles and John, uh, that started the Wesley Church, their mother, uh, Susanna Wesley, had a number of kids, and she lived in a parsonage, and they had a big room, and so her, the mom's place for prayer was to sit in a chair, take her apron, and put it over her head, and when she put it over the head, the kids were all quiet, because mom was in her prayer room, and she was praying, so if you have got, if you, we'll send you an apron, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful if you have a place where you can go. But the idea is, well, if it's not perfect, I can't have a prayer life. No, that's not so. You can have a prayer life. So what's the best time for you and the best place for you? The second uh, point I thought was really good is forget previous failures in prayer. Oh, I've tried this before and whatever. Yeah, I, I wanted to have a prayer life. When I was going to Bible school, what I needed was sleep because uh, I was working and a parent, um, you know, had uh, children I had to support. And it was just to have a prayer life was very difficult. I, I would pray and then Marguerite, would, my wife, would find me asleep, kneeling at the side of the bed. And she'd wake me up and says, why don't you climb in the bed? It's going to be a little more comfortable when you wake up in the morning at I didn't pray to fall asleep, but I was so tired. So, but, you know, don't let, I've tried before. Fine. That's fine. Good. 
Try again. Mm -hmm. The third is fight all prayer hindrances. What are they? What can I do? What can I change? Uh, so I won't be bothered as much. Then the fourth one is focus on the Lord rather than answers to prayer. Mm. I love that one. You know, we're not praying to get something. We're praying to be with someone. That's the key. Pray to be with him and let the Lord touch you. Uh, because, you know, as I was sharing this St. Olaf thing, um, when I looked at in my prayer thing about how to pray the Lord and the beauty of holiness and all that stuff, and I said, I read that from the Psalms, that I couldn't do that until when I got through watching the St. Olaf's choir. I had done that. Unbelievably, it was just, and I was so thrilled because I'm just not that flowery type person, uh, beautiful kind of stuff, but their singing just, I just grabbed a hold of it and didn't realize that I was reflecting what I was hearing back to the Lord from them. It was so beautiful uh, and so well done. Okay. Then, um, he says, follow a meaningful plan of action. That's number five. You know, what do you plan to do? It's important to try to have a regular plan that you can follow. Because hit and miss, you'll find it will be more miss than hits. Uh, so I need to have a plan, the action I want to follow. The sixth one, feed every day on spiritual food. Be in the word. If you can't read a lot, read something. If you read one verse of a psalm a day or whatever. Um, and the psalms are really good because they are so much about worshiping God and so on. But to get my heart right and my, my inner being right with the Lord. Uh, number seven, fellowship with the Lord in love. Eight, forgive every wrong done to you. Um, I, I've never met someone that hadn't had people do wrong to them. And I've met a lot of bitter people. But I met a lot of people that weren't bitter and they had forgiven. It wasn't that they were separated and never had to go through life hardships and so on. But sometimes you meet some of the most beautiful Christians that you wouldn't want to walk their path. And yet they, they've kept their focus on the Lord, not on what was done or didn't happen to them and so on. Uh, forgiveness is so important. And then forsake the things that hinder spiritual growth. Uh, well, I'm going to sit down and pray Oh, but it's time for Amos and Andy or something or other. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to see that, then I'll pray. Um, uh, forsake all things that hinder spiritual growth. And you got to figure out what that is. Because 
you can only grow so far. And if you don't forsake it and you know that the, the Lord would want you to remove that, I'm not telling you what to remove, that how badly do you want a, a deep relationship with the Lord? That, that's the whole key. How bad do you want to walk with him? Yeah. You know, he, he he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. Uh, you know, I come to the garden alone. That's the only way you can come and, and to spend that time with him. Uh, and it, once you start having that blessing, you wouldn't trade it for a TV program. Number 10, finish what you start. Be willing to be used to answer your own prayers. Dick Eastman, I love that one. I'm praying, you know, God, send money to me. <laughs> God said, send money to them. <laughs> so now these steps, it's fine, forget, fight, focus, follow, feed, fellowship, forgive, forsake, and finish. 10 Fs. Uh, and this this will be such a blessing. And you can go back to it because you're saying, Jim, you don't know how many times I started. And I'm saying, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> I've started many times too. And then, you know, being a pastor and people with problems, you know, Jesus, it's not in the Bible, but Jesus left out a verse. He should have had this verse. People with problems you'll have with you always. <laughs> but if we're not careful, we can get so wrapped up in their problems that we don't spend time with the problem solver. And I really want to encourage you because when you get serious about prayer, you're going to be in a battle. But when the battle is won, it's downhill. It's just easy. But in the beginning, there's all these ways the enemy wants to bring hindrances into your life, struggles in your life, these things to keep you uh, from praying. It's interesting if you go to Matthew and Luke in the Bible, those two areas is where the disciples, Jesus taught the disciples the Lord's Prayer. Um, and in fact, in, in Luke, the disciples saw Jesus having a wonderful prayer life and they came to him and they said, Lord, teach us to fish. No, heal people, multiply wine, <laughs> all the miracles. They didn't any of that. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. They saw Jesus, how important prayer was to him. And that's of all the things they could have asked him for that they saw happening around them all the time. It was prayer. That's what they needed. And you can have that same one. Lord, teach me to pray. Not to pray like any particular person, but just, Lord, how I could spend time with you, open my heart up, and and, and let that, that go. Uh, the, see, as far as we know, um, Jesus never, and then I, I have a whole paragraph here of things that disciples never asked him to do, which they could have. It was all about their life. It's what they saw all the time. But the petition was prayer, prayer priority. 
in crisis and when you're in need and perplexed and worried, Jesus could be found praying. You know, they, they would look for him. Where is he? Oh, he's gone off praying again. You know, he was a man of prayer. But look how, how busy he was. He was busy, but he also was a man that would disappear and pray. And he set that as an example to the disciples. And they saw dramatic results of Jesus praying for people when they saw Jesus praying. Wonderful things happened. Uh, when he prayed, he stilled the storm. I mean, you just look at Jesus' prayer life. It was phenomenal uh, of what he did to pray. So I want to um, do the Lord's Prayer with you. And we may go over the normal time uh, because we said we were going to do the Lord's Prayer and there's a lot to the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to go piece by piece through what Jesus said. And, and then you can go back and if you want to take notes, do it. It's on your web and you can go back and Paul said you could stop at any time and jot something down because I don't know how else to do this. How can you give a prayer that was listed and not list the prayer? So the first one is our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And this is the principle of adoration. So the prayer starts with adoration and praise God for who he is. See, thanksgiving praises God for what he's done. But that's not what we're talking about here. First of all, we're talking about praying God for who he is. The, then pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And this is the principle of prayer of affirming. You're affirming what the Lord said. Lord, let your kingdom right now. Let this happen right now. Let, you know, let your will be done in our family, in our business, in our church, or whatever. Okay. And then give us this day our daily bread. And this is the prayer principle of supplication where I'm asking requests. Uh, these are requests for ourselves. Petitions are requests for intercession. That's for others. So this is where I pray for ourselves in my prayer or pray for others. Uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, that's the prayer principle of confession. Our need of forgiveness of sin. And we need that. Um, it's, it's so easy to see failures in people's lives and miss them in our own. And this is where we're just before God and say, God, I want to confess where there was something I could have done, but I didn't do. And I know at the time I was being nudged by the Holy Spirit to be involved, to do or whatever. And I didn't follow through. So then that's where we 
ask God's forgiveness for our debts as we forgive those who are our debtors. And that's the prayer principle of confession, our need to forgive. And that's such a, a wonderful, wonderful um, blessing. Forgiveness was something that it was hard for me not to forgive outside of the family. That was easy. I don't know why, but that was never hard. But it was forgiveness within the family that was difficult. Maybe because we have higher expectations or what have you. And then <clears throat> lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And it, this isn't what he put in his little thing here, but it could be the evil one. Uh, not just evil out there, but the evil one who's behind the evil out there. Uh, and that's renewal. God's empowering to live in victory. God, help me to walk today. You know, walk as Jesus walked. And for this is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And that is the principle of glorification, seeking to put God first daily. Now, I'll give you a quick list, literally, that you can work into your prayer life. And that is adoration, thanksgiving, affirmation, supplication, petitions, intercessions, confessions, renewal, and glorifications. That's exactly what was in what we talked about, what Jesus was talking about. So you just take those out separately. And some of this you may find uh, are very simple for you. It's always been in my life. This has been easy. But are there things here that have been left out of your prayer life? And so it's not a full rounded prayer life because there's so much more to do that we're going to uh, get involved with in as far as the Lord's Prayer goes. But this is the introduction to what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Uh, and I love the, the song, I Come to the Garden Alone. You know, while the dew is still on the roses, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other will ever experience that. You know, the having that place where you meet God in prayer. I'm thinking, I, I read a biography and I can't think of the name, I'm sorry, um, but I'm old enough to forget. <laughs> you get paid to forget when you're old. Uh, but it was, this man was, the family made socks. The whole family, there was a one-room cottage, and they made socks. And they did that for a living and sold the socks. The children and the parents, all they did. Well, the dad had a little built-on his living room. And when the dad went into that built-on, he pulled the, the, the drapes across and that was his prayer closet. And he would go in there and the kids were very quiet 
I mean, they were still working, but it's very cool. It didn't talk because dad was in his prayer closet and he was praying. And the father <clears throat> prayed for the town prostitute. And the town prostitute one day was walking behind their little cottage and heard her names. And she stopped and she listened to this man crying out to God for her salvation and for her soul. And she broke down and wept and received Christ. And that was in his prayer closet. He had no idea that she was going to hear. You don't know the results of your praying. Uh, there are, I know so many missionaries all over the world that would need your prayers. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what the nation is going through. Uh, I remember I was on a mission trip um, and we were in Nigeria. And uh, while we were there, they tried to overthrow the government. Uh, they tried to kill the president. And all of a sudden we heard that all exits to the country were blocked, no flights out or anything. Here we are <laughs> in Nigeria. Now, I like Nigeria, but I wasn't planning to spend the rest of my life there apart from my family. <laughs> you know, I'm, you can carry this mission stuff a little too far. <laughs> but so, but we, we didn't worry about it. We just prayed. God led us there. Uh, I was speaking in churches. They said when the sun went down, you'd be shot on the street. And we went out, and here were soldiers, walking Nigerian soldiers, that should have been in junior high school, you know, just young boys with submachine guns. They were all over the place. And um, I know I went to a church. They asked me to preach. I wasn't supposed to or was down. I said, sure, because there were two big Christian churches in that town. And so I went and I preached in this church. And it was uh, the bricks that you make out of cement. That was the, the church, but it was packed out and people were standing outside looking in the window as I was preaching. And I was preaching about water spirits and everything, which I knew was very important to the people, wrongly important to the people. So I, I spoke. Then afterwards, the pastor said, uh, people have questions. Would you be willing to see them? And I said, sure. So I went and sat at a table and the elders of the church sat with me and all these people were there in a long line. And as I looked outside, it was getting dusk. Now I hadn't eaten. I had, you know, I just gone from preaching, sitting and answering questions and praying for people. And I said, you know, I need to go because it's getting dusk and I don't want to be shot on the streets. So they, they drove me back. And then years later, um, I saw what happened. And I don't know how soon after I left, but there was an uprising. And they took the pastor and all those elders and killed them. And burnt the church as much down that would burn down and killed all kinds of Christians. And I thought, what kind of a message should I give? You know, when I stood there before these people, I didn't know. 
that a few years they would all be murdered for their faith and did my message that really sobered me you know what did i say did i give them something to grab a hold of and uh, beloved you don't know how needful your prayer life is not just the lord's prayer and rattling it through but it's different things different aspects we gave you those different aspects adoration thanksgiving affirmation supplication petitions intercession confessions renewal and glorification and if you don't put all of those in your prayer that's okay but that can be the basis and that's the groundwork of the of your prayer life and that's what jesus said they said lord please we don't want to know how to fish or how to multiply people or you know have a lunch for thousands that's not what we're interested in but what you teach us how to pray and that should be our heart our heart cry is lord we're like the disciples if there's one request we have for you teach me how to pray and how to pray more effectively you know and not just me and mine and my own you know father i just pray that this message will be a blessing. I, I know it's going to be gone all over the world. And there could be situations like, like where I was that uh, we would have been under house arrest, basically, or at least under town arrest. We couldn't leave town and couldn't be seen on the streets after dark. And uh, dark comes early in some places in Africa. So, Lord, I just pray for people all over the world that know you but are living right at the edge of this could be the last day of their life. And we just pray for them. And we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would minister to them. You know, as, as I got back from the doctor giving me his bad news, and I opened the Bible, and the verse was, God will complete his plan for me. And he'll complete his plan for you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're hearing, or however you're feeling, God is in control. And just trust him. And if you are not able to go out or more bedridden or all, you could become a man or a woman of prayer. I went to Biola in Los Angeles and there was a lady that was known as a lady of prayer. And people would come to her bedside and ask them to pray for them in prayer requests. And she laid in bed, she had a pencil that was hooked to the ceiling and on a string that came down so she could hold it because her arthritis was so bad and she'd write the requests down and pray. And this woman was known in Los Angeles as a woman of prayer. If you had a prayer need, you wanted to go and stand in the line outside of her house and she's <laughs> laying in bed with crippling arthritis. What a ministry she had. You know, and a prayer ministry is probably the easiest thing. You don't have to buy much. Just all you need is a Bible. And, you know, knowing the promises and, and to pray. 
But we need more and more men and women that will be raised up to pray. Our nation, unless you're living in another place, needs prayer. And if you're in our nation, it needs prayer. We need prayer for those that are making decisions affecting the direction of our country. Mm -hmm. We don't need people with picketing signs. We need people that are picketing heaven (laughs) and pray (laughs) for these people. Pray for our nation. Uh, I enjoy listening to a man whenever I can who is in Israel. And all the things that are going on in Israel, the fighter planes and all of that is going on. The, the world is right now not a, it's a safe place. And I pray that God would raise up through our little video here, people who'd want to cry out to God, be men and women and young people and children of prayer mm-hmm. and pray uh, for what you see and what you hear. And Lord, I, I thank you that you're in control. And I was so thankful to come back from a doctor who was <laughs> not too encouraging. You know, I, I asked him as I looked at him and I said, well, when I leave here, uh, will I live long enough to pay your bill? <laughs> he wasn't the most encouraging guy. <laughs> and, my kids said, oh, dad, that sounds just like you. <laughs> but you know that it was exciting. I come back and I look in the scripture that I will finish my course. Mm-hmm. So the scripture said, God will see that he has a plan for my life and I will finish that plan. But I'm not going to sit around and wait, uh, you know, for uh, the guy with the sickle and the long hair and the beard. To, to come calling on me, you know, um, I'm going to fulfill my purpose. And God wants you to fulfill your purpose. But do you know your purpose? And one of the ways of finding your purpose is to develop a prayer life where you're talking to the Lord and committing your life to the Lord and your family to the Lord. Uh, I get calls from so many Christians that have wandered away and uh, they have left the prayer closet and are just out there disappointed, disillusioned and whatever. But I wanna tell you, dearly beloved that are listening, God is still in the answering prayer mood. You know, cry out to him, lay it before him He'll answer your prayers, maybe not as you expected, but he will answer your prayers. He'll answer your calls. So I pray that you pray for us, pray for those that are listening around the world, Mm -hmm. that they may be able to take some of these points and put them in their prayer life and strengthen their prayer life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Done.